0: Welcome to the gamers over 50 podcast. This is episode 44. History is still teaching us. So in the last episode, I talked about some historical video games you can play. You can really live the past, maybe learn something. Hoplites. Remember what Hoplite is? Me too. In this episode, actually, I do know what Hoplite is. It's all historical board games. We're going to talk about some trains. We're going to get into some heavy duty culture and some landscaping not landscaping like a landscaper adventure or landscaper simulator, but we're actually going to talk about how landscapes can be cool because some landscapes are cool. Um, But there are also additional ways to talk about board games because you're looking at a board game instead of a, I'm going here or I'm going there to finish a quest or something. And you're having to build industry and road and boundaries and, you know, That should probably pique your interest a little bit. So let's just jump in with one of our favorite games in our house and one of my favorite games, and it's a just fun game. The mechanics are awesome. The content is awesome. It's great. Ticket to Ride. If you have played Ticket to Ride, then you know what I'm talking about. Um, If you haven't played Ticket to Ride and you are looking for a game and there's all three of these games are going to be these games that you might want to buy you're looking for a game for someone you know who maybe is you know i would say 10 plus this is the game now a little background ticket to ride is a german style board game developed by alan armoon it was illustrated and i want to make sure we cover this because the illustrations are amazing by julian delval and cyril dajan I hope I said their names right as usual you know how that works um, but it was brought to us in 2004 so a 17 year old game it is that good but it's also and this is my favorite part has a german the german name is Zug um Zug so anybody who wants to play a game like Zug um Zug in the german or if you're going to go for the french it's the uh, adventures du rail although Zug um Zug still's the winner Or finally, "Aventurós El Tren, which is Spanish. And I am not even going to go towards any part of the Polish name. I apologize for anyone in Poland. But in Minolepu in Finnish, Zugum Zug still wins. I thought that was fun because you can say, hey, I'm going to go play a heck of a Zugum Zug game and people look at you funny unless you've actually seen the Ringo Star movie I may be talking about. Now, the original part of this game is all built outside of the us and southern canada and it's just tracks and the rail tracks and you can see them they connect all the cities and you know, they cover northwest seattle south to phoenix miami all the way up to boston i sound like a uh well either a johnny cash or a steve miller song right there but it, it's so cool because these, you know, each one of these cities and you can go to all sorts of cities across the U- US and southern Canada, but they're connected through tracks and it's up to six or down to sometimes one in between cities and you know, East Coast fits that way. Um, but the, the winner is not just the person who has the longest railroad, but also the person who builds the most routes and we'll get a little bit more into the, the base, you know, the gameplay of it all. Uh, because the routes part of this game is what makes it so much fun, because of how you have to pull this together. Now, this game has won a lot of awards. It's sold a lot of games, and it's just a really fun game. Because we're going to talk about some of the versions first. So, original base games, the U.S. We had a Ticket to Ride the tenth anniversary, which has you know you know everything is always a tenth anniversary. I think you get the metal box, even though isn't the tenth anniversary like I don't know, five is wood and maybe 10 is metal, 10 bucks or something like that. Um, but it does have, you know, in the 10th anniversary, it has an expansion that's included. You have a 15th anniversary that's built into it. And that's at the U.S. level. Then you have the Europe side. And so Europe really takes place in where else but Europe. You have the Mark, and I'm probably saying this wrong, Marklin, which is based off of Germany. And, you know, it's basically the German version of it. You have the Nordic countries, which also includes a little bit of Russia and Estonia. And then you have again, another Germany. So Zug um Zug Deutschland Take it to ride Germany. Yeah. So uh, but that is uh, Mrs. Adashami, my ninth grade German teacher would be so proud of me right now. But that was the German version. Because again, th- you know, this is a game that was developed in Germany, but started out US, Europe, Germany deserves its version. You know, that the, the developers built that, but it also had a little bit of Austria in it. And it was available really only in Germany and Austria up until it was released outside. Now they also have an additional part. And this is a really fun one rails and sales. And this was released in 2016. And it's basically standalone, double sided. And you can use any ticket to ride right game. One side is a world map and the other side is the Great Lakes. And what's great about this is it's train pieces and ship pieces. So if you like doing trains, great. If you like doing ships, so again, if you know someone, maybe they got a birthday coming up, Father's Day, Father's Day's coming up uh, in a few days here, you can get a game. But then say Christmas comes around, pick up rails and sails. And it's a complimentary because if you learn to do, you get the train thing. And I'll tell you when we get to the other side of uh, some of the games, how many times we probably have played this game. is ranging up into the hundreds at this point, but adding in this extra function. And, and, you know, we'll talk about another game that has a very similar theme. Um, You then also have the first journey. And of course, he has to have an exclusive item in the target stores or wherever. Somebody has to have an exclusive item, but created for that. Then you also have the cities collection, which is in New York, London, Amsterdam. If you're a history or a, uh, you know, a geography kind of buff and I say history and geography because they both go interchangeable. But, you know, those are three pretty cool cities. And maybe you're getting ready to take a trip to New York and you want to say, hey, let's take a look at it. Ticket to Ride has a game for you that you can see around the city. Really cool. Same thing with London, same thing of Amsterdam. Although I hope in Amsterdam you can get off the train and ride your bike around because that's always fun. Then they got the maps collections. I'm going to try to do this as quickly, but also as succinctly as possible. Neither are the same. So they're both actually close, but team Asia where you have the legendary Asia with mountain roots. So this is where you can have teams of two people. And because of the size of the Asia continent and space around it, you can have that Uh, India and Switzerland. Yeah, those go together. Although I would like a spatial curry one day. I think that'd be pretty good. Hmm. Anywho, but Indian and Switzerland, and this is, it connects you to country to country cards, which is kind of cool. Heart of Africa, you have terrain cards that are built in the heart of Africa. Nederland, which is in no idea where that is. Anyone who wants to think about it, I am going to have a special guest like in five more episodes who'd totally be able to tell me all these things. Um, but this is a, has a currency system for tolls, so you can add tolls to this. United Kingdom and Pennsylvania. Because they are like right next to each other, right? Um, But they do include technology systems and updates to add the stock market system in there. France and the Old West. And I'm making a joke. Each one of these are separate, everybody. Just apologies in case somebody was like, okay, he has now gone off the deep end. But you have the France or you have the Old West. And then Old West has a city system that builds into it. Uh, Poland, I can't even say that name because it was the one that was above. Or Polska, which is a small expansion map map and has basically four sections instead of the standard six and has an emphasis on connecting this to other countries. Japan with bullet trains, Italy with ferries kind of works out, especially for someone who loves ferries. Uh, The Washington State ferry system is super cool. And then you have the stay at home. Now, this is really cool because it marked the COVID-19 pandemic that created in 2020. It was a free printed home expansion that allows you to control family members as they navigate domestic life and daily tasks. So while we're going through this pandemic and I, you know, this is where board games are cool, the people who are developing board games were just like the rest of us stuck at home. And in, they created their own board game that's built into it. Now, Ticket to Ride also has a card game, which if you are traveling, card games are much smaller than board games. And you can definitely take the card game with you. It is another two to four players. Um, and you, it, it's, it's still a pretty cool game. We've played it a few times. Uh, we do like breaking out the big boards because the maps are cool. And you have the destinations on the cards that go to different sides. And then we get into the computer games. All right, so you have an online game, which you just basically pick a map and you play online. So on your laptop, great. You have the computer game. Now, the cool thing about the computer game is, and mind you, it doesn't probably run, well, it might run if you get a copy of it, but it runs on Windows or Linux. Or OS X. Now, anyone who knows what OS X is, anybody out there, anybody out there, because OS X was supposed to be the Windows killer. Like it was gonna beat Windows. And I mean, Linux said they were gonna do that too, but from a commercial perspective. But OS X was an IBM product that came out, um, kind of fizzled out. Again, kind of cool history there. Xbox Live also had a conversion. And then you have the iPad, iPhone, Android. I have this one. It is so much fun because we will be, let's say we were, when we used to travel, we were traveling in a plane or sitting in a hotel room. Or sometimes if we just don't really care about having the TV on, two of us will sit on the couch and we'll pass back and forth. Now, the last part, and this is the coolest one, and people who are big Amazon people, Alexa. However, you must have a copy of Ticket to Ride and or ticket to ride europe to use alexa to play very very cool very 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 interesting stuff with this um my thought on this is this universal appeal of all games from several factors it is a compelling subject matter it is easy to follow rules really easy to follow rules it's easy to understand the scoring objective and then it has this one little special thing that most games all, you know, most big games have something special and ticket to ride has one of the coolest things is trains and kids kind of enjoy trains, adult enjoy trains, but the neater thing is the train goes between locations. So again, like I said, the rules of the game are very easy. You can build these routes with color coded cards. You can use tokens to fill it in. It's easy to count the pieces, but we as people travel from city to city. We go to an app. I'm sorry, that was not a reference to the Cottonmouth King song. Anywho. Oh, wait, who was that? Wasn't Cotton Mouth? I don't know who that was. There was a band that I heard once. That is a song named City to City. Anywho, I'll figure it out. Oh, Tech Nine. There we go. There you go. Another little piece of history nugget there. It goes along with tick of the Ride. Not that I know of, but we travel from city to city. So, you know, living in the Seattle area, I love going to New York. One for the food, one for the culture. And then finally, just for the people, because as amazing, as much as you may hear, people in New York may be mean. They are not. They are some of the most wonderful people ever. Um, I'm not going to tell you where the mean people are just because I don't feel like that's cool. But the neat thing about it is we had travel to it with trolleys and we had ferries in it. And you can go to these different cities and you can go to the Old West or you can go to France. Maybe, Maybe your child is thinking about studying French download the iPad game or the Android tablet game, play the game in France and say, Hey, this is France. Check it out. You might be thinking about this. Um, The other kind of cool things is you can always say, Ooh, I always want to travel to this city. You know, most people want to be the the shoe and or the thimble and monopoly. Well, what if I say, Oh, I want to travel from this city to this city. You can do that multiple times. So ticket to ride really takes us to that space. And it's it's sentimental, but it is so much fun and it is quick to play. And you know what? No matter what you build a route, there's accomplishment built into it. Yeah, everybody feels good. All right. Let's take it a ride. Fun game. The next game is actually one of my favorite games. And I it's because and the game is because of the gameplay. It isn't because of the, the cultural aspect. It isn't because of the art. It's actually because all of those. It is a fun, fun game, and it is called Takedo, and this is based off the Takedo Road, so we're going to take a history lesson for a second, which in Japanese means the Eastern Sea Route, and it was one of the most important of the five routes of the Edo period in Japan. Now, I didn't pull that from memory. It came from our good friends at Wikipedia. Please donate to Wikipedia. Please, please, please donate. I'm going to remind you again before we're done, but anyhow so the edo period in japan connecting kyoto to edo so this is like modern day tokyo so kyoto to tokyo if we look at it. now unlike the inland and very heavily traveled and i really apologize for this nakasendo the Takaido traveled along the sea which is you know come on traveling along the ocean is always a beautiful route um, and it is the sea along the seacoast of the eastern honshu which is hence the name. So traveling the Dekaito was normally done on foot as carts were pretty much non-existence and heavy cargo was usually sent by boat in Japan. Think of Japan, if you think of the size, you can kind of go around Japan, right? Now, members of very high class traveled by what would be called a Kago, And this is very interesting. Women were forbidden to travel alone alone and had to be accompanied by men. Now, let's assume that's for safety's sake and everything else, but probably wasn't. It's just how the world was at the time. Not cool. Now, the social status of the person indicated the manner in which they traveled. This is part of the gameplay. So the... Oh, boy, where we go? I apologize yet again. Sorry to everyone in Japan. I apologize to Michael Henry, who's Japanese. Uh, the daimyo and the people of the upper class traveled in Noramano, oh my gosh, Noramino, and I planned that word out for days. But this was roomy enough, and it was a ba- ability to be moved around with a fair amount of ease, and they are completely furnished. The sides could be opened at will, and they protect against the weather. Basically, kind of not a carriage, but something to pull. Now, the length of the pole that was connected to these had the rank of the passenger, so if you have a really tall pole, you're a nobleman. Or if you have five or six men at each end, a person of a lower rank, a shorter pole, only four cares, you know, prince, royal family, ta-da. Anywho. But the other neat thing about it was as you're going the Takedo Road, the lords of various manners were compelled by the authorities compelled (laughs) Kafka to place refreshment for travelers. So as people were traveling, they would have refreshment out. Now, one of the most interesting part of this was on the establishments that were between each one of these places. And they would have different foods and art and items you might need. So very kind of neat as you're traveling across this road. Now, it had 53 stations also. So as you were traveling, you might want to do it in 53 days. Probably not. You want to do it a little quicker than that. Um, but they had these 53 stations and sometimes you would rest and like some, again, sometimes you would have stables, food, lodging and different kinds of food, too. So just don't think one type of food across. It's not like if you've ever been on the ten, Pennsylvania Turnpike and all there are are um, Arby's or Rax's or Hardy's which are all the same. Wink, wink, except for Hardee's because they have those burgers. Anywho, but it was, you had all these different kinds of foods. Now, what's kind of also neat about this was that until 1613, only Japanese people had traveled on this road. So 1613 AD, which means there are thousands of years people probably traveled on this road. And William Adams and John Saris, accompanied by other folks, traveled the road, and they found the road was, remarkable the surface was wonderfully even now think about this if you've ever driven down a road and there's a crack in the road or there's a bump in the road or something like that this was a passageway a road that was taken care very very taken care very clean very easy to travel which made it an obviously good time so when you're traveling across this road you have these stations you have these establishments you have these lords that are doing this now, what's also beautiful about this, so we've talked about the road, are the people who then did artwork of it. And I'm going to probably butcher this poor man's name. I apologize. But the artist, Hiroshige, Hiroshigi, Hiroshigi Shog, Shigi, Hiro, Shigi, oh, I'm just, H-I-R-O-S-I-G-E, check it out on the internet, depicted all of the 53 stations as he was developing them. Poets. Matsu Basho traveled the road as a poet. You had people that would take photographs of this road as they went through. People who would do intricate designs of the road and it created such a movement that people outside of Japan traveled to this location and took serographs of it. Now, if you know what a serograph is, good for you, but also they did markings they did photographs they did pictures i said that before but they also did a 1985 book called the tokaido journey take a look at it if you get a chance but it's very neat it's got both english and japanese and it talks about the road and it talks about people this gentleman encountered so not only does this road have a history built in it not only this road has beautiful architecture not only this road is a great place to go but it also has all of this culture that's just driven into it, which is fantastic. Now, today, the Takedo Corridor is the most heavily traveled transportation corridor in Japan. Again, it's connecting uh, Tokyo, all the way to Yokohama, to Nagoya, and then to Osaka via Kyoto. So you have this Tokyo, Nagoya, Kyoto, Osaka road that has the main line, which I'm assuming is like a road, but I'm thinking they probably have a train on it too. I actually didn't look this up, but that'd be kind of cool because as a train, and then we have to just talked about ticket the ride. Anywho, what's amazing of it is there are still a few portions of this road that you can still find, the original road, right? Which if we're looking at 1600 or 400 years. So looking at that road, now you can still go to that. Now, Hokkaido the game was orig- originally released by Sunsoft for the Famicom in July, 1986. Now remember the Famicom we've talked about this was one of the predecessors to our Nintendo. So we're looking at the original video game. So this is a video game long before it was an board game. So it's created for the Famicom and the great thing about it is you have a firework maker who is traveling to Takedo to visit his fiance while stopping attacks from rival business people. 2012, Funforge released the Takaido board game by designer Anton Bowza and artist Xavier, oh boy, Ganifi, I apologize, Xavier, Duren. Now, this game, if you see the box and go please look at a box, T O K A I D O, Takaido, it is beautiful. It is the box is beautiful and the stuff that's inside is even better so looking inside that you know basically it is a and i'm gonna steal this from board game geek tokaido offers players a peaceful zen mood in its play and it really does because in the tokaido game when you're zooming down the road you are just looking at just some beautiful beautiful artwork and then the board it's not one of those where it's rest of the board is white. The rest of the board has some dark space. It's an empty space. It is like you're looking at a piece of art. You could actually take the Takedo board and put it on the wall, put it in a frame, and people will be like, hey, that's pretty awesome. Check that out. Now, it is just, again, beautiful. And again, like the original Takedo Road. You're traveling, you're going to meet people, you're going to eat stuff, you're going to collect items, you're going to see beautiful panoramas, visit, templates, and other, templates, not templates, sorry, and other wild places, but at the end of the day, everyone ends at the same place. So the very first person ends, the very last person ends. It is a linear game. So it is a straight line down, maybe not. It's a little curved line, really, very cool. Um, But you collect money in it, you spend the money, you acquire points, you acquire items, and those items allow you to get points that are built into it. If you don't want to pick up the board game or you cannot find a copy of the board game, you can also play this on the PC, on the iPad, or on the Android. Now, this is what I think about this game, because one, the history is awesome. But I remember seeing Takedo at the very first pack show I went to. I'm thinking it's 2014. It could have been 2015, but I'm assuming 2014, 2013. And it struck me as one of the most beautiful and elegant games. And I looked at it and I kept coming back to look at it over like two days i saw it in different places and i was like oh my gosh that is such a cool looking game and then it was like wow one you're you're going from one line to the other and most games we kind of go around in a circle or we kind of have this area we finish but it's not a road we're not taking a journey in a majority of games now before i saw ticket to ride there of course right um Kidding, the ticket to ride is still a journey, but this is you're going down and you have the city, you're doing the same exact journey every single time, but you can choose what you do on this journey. I like to think of it as living up here in Seattle, in the Seattle area, traveling to say San Diego and taking Highway 101 down along the ocean and then taking the Pacific Coast Highway and to seeing all that. Um, But, you know, seeing this and then seeing that it lacked conflict and included trade and making personal choices and the personal choice is your choice. It's not something if I do this here, it's going to hurt me down the road. And yes, the Mr. Rogers is all speaking out because every road is great. Every road is perfect. It's just you get a good feeling out of it, right? When you're playing is this game builds perspective in you and it's the kind of game that you can win or you can lose, but you get an experience. And there are times when I lose this game, but I get all the panoramas, and I'm like, I just saw the panoramas. Or there are other times when I've collected certain items, and I'm like, oh boy, I have all my items. Really, kind of takes me to hit it. And then the beauty of the board, the culture, the art, the influence, the historical relevance is amazing. And it, you know, it kind of makes me think about uh, the very first time that I was walking down a street in London, and I thought. Man, how many steps of how many people have walked down the street, and then later on, you know, I, I saw Michelangelo's David, and I'm thinking, wow, look at this. This is beautiful, and I can look at this, and I can, you know, endure it and see it, and get the example of it, and think, wow, somebody has lasted that long. Daikado is in that level. I love this. I like to think of, you know, like when I saw the Constitution of the United States the very first time, you know, like in the big cage in it or this giant, not cage with the glass things, just like in that Nicolas Cage movie, get in the cage movie. You know, I've also thought of it as like when I see a hummingbird or a deer or a salmon somewhere up here. And even when I first saw my daughter the first time, it is a beautiful game. You know, when I saw my daughter Brooke for the very first time, I was like, wow, amazing. Takedo isn't up to the level of her, but it is a really awesome, awesome game. It's beautiful. You know, and too many of our games are about conquering each other or or winning and beating. And this is the antithesis of the game. It is that Zen that flows through it. And again, it's the kind of game you can play a hundred times and you can have play of all sorts of friends. It will make you smile. It is kind of cool and it's beautiful. And somebody make it a panorama. You're like, oh, I love that panorama. You can all enjoy it. It is a wonderful journey down the Takeda road. Definitely, definitely worth a game at playing at a game at a conference, you know, where you can play it. GamesCons are coming back, OrcaCons coming back. Definitely an amazing game to play. All right, our final game on this historical journey. I like, like a journey, right? We've been on trains. We've been on a road. Now let's go to a city is, and I really hope I say this right, Carcassonne or C-A-R-C-A-S-S-O-N-E. I mean, if I was going to say it like an American, it'd be like Carcassonne. Just kidding. Uh, it's Carcassonne, is I think how we say it. it, is a French, and this is an actual city. This game is an actual city. It's a, it's a French fortified city in the Department of Aude, A-U-D-E, in the region of Occitanie. I hope that's how I said it. It looks like that place where you get the lotion. Osatani. Osatani. O C C I T A N I E. Okay. But it's a prefecture and it has about 50,000 people that live there. It isn't a real live city and it's inhabited since the Neolithic age. Um, and Carcassonne is on, located on the plain out Al- between historic trade routes. So this is something that links the Atlantic to the Mediterranean sea and the mass essential to the Pyrenees. Yeah, I can spell, I can say Pyrenees, but I have trouble saying the Alcetan. Yeah. Alcetane. Alcetane. No, man. I'm, I've got to go to France now. I got anybody wants to sponsor that. I'm all in. Um, anywho, but it is what's really kind of neat about it is it has a strategic importance. So we're gonna learn why that by the name, but it's a strategic importance because it was recognized by the Romans who occupied this location until you know the de- demise of the Western Roman Empire. Thank you, Wikipedia. It makes me sound way too smart. Um, but in the fifth century, it was taken by the Visigoths. So remember uh, if you see the movie Gladiator, the guys, those guys are they're fighting in the beginning of the movie. Well, they eventually beat the daylights out of the romans and kicked them out um but yeah one of my favorite far sides is it has like goths visigoths romans mitch so love that one but it, you know in the basically in the fifth city founded this so within three cities it basically came under islamic rule so see now we've gone from romans to visigoths to islamic rule and then it led to a successive of rulers of fortification until the Treaty of the Pyrenees in 1659. All right, that was just so much fun to read. Anywho, it is a citadel, which is a citadel is a city, and the cool thing about it is, it's a fortress built with walls. So it is, and is a gorgeous city. If you get online, take a look at the pictures. It's amazing looking. It's like the coolest thing ever. It's a real live. Walled city, and so you can think all the medieval thoughts you ever want. But it is the Cite de Carcassonne, it's a a medieval fortress. So, anywho, it was added in 1997 to the UNESCO list of World Heritage Sites. So, not only is this a game, but it's also a place. We're going to start with a place before it was a game but it became part of the world heritage. So this is a place that's been, I wouldn't say owned, I would say occupied by many cultures. And it has been, you know, I think of it, we've been steeped by the Romans, the Visigoths, the Islamics, now we're in the, the French and you know Western Europe. So really kind of a cool thing. The neat thing about it is it required, it has manufacturing and winemaking as some of its areas Outside of its number one, which is tourism industry, so the tourism industry is huge, and I can tell you this right now: you are talking to a future tourist of Carcassonne. So it is. Let's talk about where it is. So it is located in the south of France. It's about fifty miles east of Toulouse. Yeah, of course, I can say Toulouse, right? I'm still right. I get that one right. Um, but again, it's that strategic location between the Atlantic Ocean and the Mediterranean Sea. So really. It's one of those places that not only is its historical importance, but it's also a geography, a geographical importance. Um, the neat thing about it is the town's area is about twenty-five square miles, which is you know a lot larger than pretty much all the city of uh, the areas in that uh, area of Aud, which the rivers Aud, Fresco, and the Canal du Midi flow through the town. I didn't take a lick of French ever, but there you go. I'm pretty. Okay. Um, again, kind of talking about the historical, the neat thing about this city was it was a fortress that started and was the original, they think that's the original space of hoarding in time of siege. So they had wooden platforms and the walls could be fitted to the upper walls of the fortress. You know, the square holes where you see people shooting the bows and arrows and they're dropping, you know, rocks. And I always thought it was very interesting because you only see rocks being dropped out out of windows like, I want to say probably the 2000s up because I think people started getting more historically present in how they were delivering the image of what was occurring inside of these siege buildings. So you see people that drop, you know, towers. Now, if you've ever watched a show, Vikings, you're sitting there and like, they have all these like really cool inventive things. And I'm thinking, you know, you guys probably need like Einstein to help develop that or Pascal, you know, father of the modern computer or the original computer. Um, but, you know, not modern computer, original computer. But this is a space where you, you know, can shoot out the windows, you can throw rocks on people. Like probably at some point, You know, got to the point where maybe threw oil on people, but really, who had an oil well in the middle of their siege fortress? You could bring a lot of rocks in and then drop them all on the people. After you win, you bring all the rocks back in and put them in a pile. There you go. Um, But you could hoard in there and you could live in there. So you bring your crops in and you bring your animals in, and you know you have thousands of chickens or hundreds of chickens. You make eggs. There you go. You're covered. So the historical importance is this is one of the first areas that they believed was a fortress during times of siege. So it was prepared that if a group of people tried to siege, it went. Now, eventually, like I said, the Romans had it. Visigoths took it. The Islamic, you know, groups took it in, and, and eventually. So very kind of neat thing. Yes, we were very Zen and peaceful in Takedo, and we are now on siege and war and wiping out of civilizations uh, in Carcassonne. So, so the other neat thing is, is I uh, actually when I got to talk about the game, I did put the pers- the way to spell it is Carcassonne. so ha, I've been saying it right. Um, but it is a tile based game. Now, a tile based game is very much not like uh, tiles in Scrabble, but think of it as a board where you have a space, maybe you know twenty by twenty. Anywho, it is and, and on this it's a tile where you don't have a board, but if you have a flat table. Awesome, but it's two to five players. It was developed by Klaus Jürgen Wieder and W R E D R E, so maybe Raider. Hmm, I hope. Um, but it was published by Hans and Gluck in Germany and Rio Grande and Z-Man here in the United or in English. Um, it has won a bunch of awards, and it's going to also win your heart because it's one of these games that you start playing and. It's, again, tiles, so you're putting your tiles right on. You don't have to have a board. You can put all the tiles into a bag. You can throw them in. You can travel with things. If you have a table, you can play. It is very hard to play on airplanes, on those little uh, table things, that, the things that you think are tables that you pull down um, that probably somebody changed her baby's diaper on. Hopefully not on mine. I like to clean those off. But it is one of those where it's a tile game. Um, and it has a ton of expansions and spinoffs that we're going to talk about, I promise. Uh, but I do want to talk about gameplay first. So, oh, before I go into gameplay, I also want to talk about the artwork because the artwork is very Western European. It is very, if you're playing this game, when you look at it, you're going to be like, oh, the, as, a, uh, as a, I don't want to say nursery rhyme, but some of, I have older books I love to collect older books of uh, that I read as a child, and I have one of these great storybooks and like Grim Fairy Tale. The, the illustrations are very European. They look, you know, kind of a uh, they have a they have a look about them, and I, I guess I'm just going to say European. I'm not a good enough art history person. That would be my sister who won a, won an award this year in art history, art history teaching teaching more than history, but she would uh, be able to explain it but it is very uh, European looking. So when you see this, whereas Takedo was just this beautiful watercolors, etc., you're looking at, boom, you're looking at the, the pictures there. So, gameplay. So this is a medieval landscape game. Again, a single tile face up and then you have 71 face down and the players draw from those and you start building your terrain. Now that terrain could be a road. That could be, a cornfield that could be part of a city and you're trying to build those roads to connect to another road or a field connecting to the field or a city to another city. And so after you put the first piece down, you may option to put what's called a follower or a better word than follower, a meeple. I love the meeples. The meeple sounds cool, but you may put that meeple on that tile so you can kind of claim and hold that tile and you may not use that person to claim any other tiles unless that tile gets claimed, and there's some other rules that go with it. What's kind of cool is your opposing players, people you're playing against, may become shared on some of those tiles, but you have your meeple on there, so, and there are things that the meeples do depending on the expansion that you also have. Now, the game ends when the last tiles play, so 72 tiles in, and then you start counting your scores up. And the person with the most points wins. So it's not only a pretty easy game to set up, a pretty easy game to play, easy game to follow in the rules, easy game to score, but it's also a game that's not, that you can play two or three in a row and you're fantastic. And we, we've gotten to the point, it says 45 minutes. Sometimes it'll take us like 25, 30 minutes to get a, a game in super easy um it is considered and i love this because i think the folks at board game geeks wrote this it is a gateway game so it's a gateway game so many board game players you know if you've been playing too much monopoly you want to play risk this will be the game that kind of pulls you in and allows you to not just have the base model but then add some of the other items in um What's really easy about this, though, is scoring. Scoring is super duper easy in this game because a city is two points per tile plus two points per pennant. And you have pennants. Roads, one point per tile. Cloister, kind of churches, kind of space, one point per tile. Now, the fields during gameplay, not really scored, but you get points at the end of the game. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the additions and the expansions. Now, there are two older editions of this game that have differing in scoring. Scoring rules were uh, one way in German, but in 2008, the first edition scoring rules, which were basically including English, and the third edition, which also includes what you might be able to play on Xbox 360 um, or the travel versions, were all assumed and the rules were kind of set and stone. So you, you had a game that evolved through older editions and newer editions, which is really amazing. Now, I would not know that without my good friends at Wikipedia. So remember, donate to Wikipedia. I told you I'm going to tell you to donate to Wikipedia again. That's not a commercial. It's just if you're going to use them, donate it. Now, what's kind of neat about this is in some of the tactical side of things. So there is a strategic piece to it. But sometimes you might want to conserve your meeples because you only get seven. Um, You might not want to join in with your neighbor or someone who's near you, and then you might want to avoid sharing some of those things and then how you put your fields down, because let's say you put a field down and it could be worth a lot of points, but if you put it down, it's there forever. So the scoring uh, the tactical considerations are pretty, you know, pretty simple in scoring, but... When you're doing this tactically, you want to make sure you're making the right choice and you're not opening yourself up to loss. Now, what's really interesting is I could say that about card games. I could say that about hearts or spades or rummy or bridge. I could say that about a lot of other games, Yahtzee, dice games. So see those gameplay pieces are coming in the card run as well. Um, So let's talk a little bit about the expansions because there's a lot of them and this is going to take a little bit and I apologize because we've gone over the Normal 30 on our podcast at this point, but you have the full expansions. All right, here we go. Inns and cathedrals. So you had new tiles and a new figure that counts as two followers, not just one. Traders and builders. So you, I don't have Tranders in there. I must have put an in somewhere, Um, but you can have trade good tiles and you also get a pig and a builder. I love pigs, they're adorable. Um, You have the princess and the dragon, which included Magic portals, a volcano, and dragon, princess, and fairy tiles. That might be fun. Um, My daughter kind of probably would enjoy that one. So she's got a well, so you know her birthday is in April. Probably think about April. A tower, which included a vertical element in there. So normally you're thinking this is a flat game, right? Now we're going vertical. And towers can capture nearby followers. So if you build something too close to that tower, uh uh-oh. The abbey and the mayor, and we're not talking about Mayor McCheese, even though that'd be super cool, but uh, he, was, he was, came around a lot, 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 lot after uh, Casseron was built, but it, abbey tiles so you can complete some features, and then Mayor's barns, and wagons. And this actually took fan feedback, and it put that feedback in because there are some times when an impossible situation or a tie would occur. So fans were like, hey, can you make it so we can break the tie? People were like, sure, why not? Then you had the Count, the King, and the Robber, which included some tiles from many expansions. And then you had players who have the largest city, can also use a King piece or a Robber Baron. And then you had shrines that were included. All right, Catapult, and this actually had a physical catapult, actually still has a physical catapult, that launches tokens and includes fairgrounds. And who doesn't love a fairground? Bridges, castles, and bazaars. Exactly what it sounds like. You can build a bridge over someone's field, castle tokens, and you have a bazaar. So you create an auctioning element, which is pretty cool. I mean, think about this. We've now just started building these medieval towns and they still exist like this. Even on the internet, we have those kind of towns, right? With castles where you can't get into certain places, bazaars, and auctions, hey, eBay. Um, all right, hills and sheep. Sheep tokens, of course, You can't have sheep, without having wolves, Whoa. But you have shepherds who help there out, and you have hills, vineyards, and more cloisters. And then under the big top, which I thought was so cool when I started looking at the expansions and I was like watching them and I looked at some videos about them. But it actually has acrobat towers, animal tokens, you have ringmasters, and even a circus tent. So then we have mini expansions. I told you there's a lot of expansion here. You have the original, which is a free giveaway at trade fairs, and it gives you 12 river tiles. The king and scout, which are two separates, but you have the king and robber baron in case you want a mini one, and you have five tiles from previously missing games. So remember that fan feedback. The Cather's or Cathers originally prob- depends. And if you're in Boston, it's the Cather's, which could be anything. Anywho. Originally published in Spielbox, but it was added to the Carcassonne Almanac and had siege tiles with cathars to break walls. So these are basically, if you ever see those big things that kind of spin around in Lord of the Rings and they're throwing those rocks at the the orc army, um, those are cathars. If you haven't seen it, go watch Lord of the Rings. And if you haven't watched Lord of the Rings, come on. turn the pandemic, you should probably watch Lord of the Rings. Um, but it also includes monasteries. Now you have the Count of Carcassonne which in, has an incentive to complete other players' features, which is kind of weird, right? So it makes you work together so that you can get some new mechanics, and then of course it has the count. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh, wait, not that count, but the count that blocks the incentivizing. So not only do you can you you incentivize to do this, but you have a guy who's stopping to do this. Oh, there's too many political jokes in that one. All right, and that's on either side, folks. The River Two, which included a river and even a larger forked river. So not only do we have a river, but now we can have a bigger river. And then we had the mini expansion, which has a new spring row that separates fields. The cult, which has was published in King or Count King and Robber, but it has shrines. a uh, tunnels. The tunnels, in case you have princes and dragons, you need tunnels for those princes and dragons to get around. I mean, princes, you know, they don't want to walk in the street. Dragons definitely don't want to walk in the street. Uh, Crop circles. And yes, as soon as I thought I was like, there's the best X-Files theme I'm ever going to do. But no, this allowed you to add or remove followers. It was an alien abduction. But you do have the plague, which would include plague zones and fleas. Ew, fleas. Gross. Not that fleas aren't bad. I'm sure they're needed for something. The festival, which was a bonus with the 10th, rover- 10, 10th anniversary set and had 10 tiles for each year since the game's release. Thought that was very cool. And then the phantom and the phantom was a standalone mini expansion it does not include any tiles but it does have a see-through plastic meeple that represents the phantom now the funny part is if you bought the 10th anniversary edition you can't use the phantom because it replaces the meeples they replace the meeples with plastic in there and it'd be really hard to tell them apart so maybe you have to get the phantom a cool hat or maybe all the other meeples cool hats and the phantom doesn't get a hat all right so then you also have these minis and they had the flying machines flights and crashing. You had the messengers, which you had these new meeple messengers. You had the ferries, which had lakes on them as well as ferries. And second, I'm going to have to talk about the Washington state ferry system. Super cool. If you're ever up here in this area, write it. Gold mines, gold bars. And that might've been the original theme to how we got Austin Powers gold member. I, maybe, maybe not. I've just rumor wasn't on the internet. Um, mage and Witch, which, of course, if you're going to have a mage and you're going to have a witch, you got to get a reference to she's a witch. So if you have a duck around, you can stop that, witch. maybe uh, then you have the robbers, which were stealing points and you had robber meeples. So, you know, you had a robber meeples, you have phantom meeples. All these followers taking out and then you had the, the, the corn circles, too, which, of course, you had to have the return of the corn circles because this would have follower abduction. So i guess maybe there was alien abduction but maybe it was abduction from other folks okay additionally you had the watchtower which came out in 2014 and had depicting watchtowers and bonuses the markets of leipzig which the market town of leipzig was included in this uh fruit bearing trees so instead of just having farm and grain you had trees as well as toll keepers for tolls there are compilations that go along with this okay you have the big box. You have the cult siege and creativity at the big box two. the wheel of fortune. I'll take uh, an E. Oh, wait, no, I don't have any money. I can't take any. Sorry, Pat. No wheel of fortune. Uh, whoever buys vows on wheel of fortune has just flummoxed me this entire world. I like, I can see that vowel. Um, Anywho, the cool thing about the wheel of fortune is a large pink pig and a meeple. So I told you I love pigs, but that's really cool. And then you have the big box three. Tenth anniversary. Remember that had trouble with that phantom. Big box four, big box five, big box six, and that is it for the board game version. Now, the electric versions. You have Carcassonne for Facebook, for iOS, for Windows Phone. If you still have one of those, Windows Phone eight application on Xbox Live. Obviously, smartphone, mobile, smartphone, Android, etc. The computer game. All right, I'm going to work on this one. But the BSW or the Brit Spielwelt, Bet Spielwelt which is the large, popular, free German online gaming site, which we might have to do a podcast to see what that was on that. Uh, I think it's an Xbox 360 earlier. The DS you have in Java, the Amiga 4.0, which is Amiga OS 4.0. There's web games on it. Just pick pick a, a, a platform at that point. Okay. So our friends at Board Game Geeks, we're absolutely right. This is a gateway game. You get the original game, and then you can go buy one of those little expansions or one of the mini or one of the expansions, one of the mini expansions, and add on to that. Do you like princesses and dragons and fairies? Sure. Do you want the phantom? Do you want to abduct people in the corn circles? Do you like forked rivers? <laughs> I actually think that one may be the most interesting because it is changing of the territory. Everything else adds another element in it, but now you're changing the territory to make it even, you know, bring it. But see right there, I just did it. It's a gateway game. It sucked me in. Now I want to start, I want to go order that. And I have a board game um, budget that sometimes gets exceeded. But if you're going to a GamesCon or you're going to, again, an OrcaCon, which is in 2022, thank goodness, uh, you can definitely sit down and play this. And it's one of those that you, the expansions and the mini expansions, I should build on it, not build on it. Oh, we don't want the princess and dragon. We did that last week. You could have a board game geek. You know, we have uh, some of these expansions that maybe you're really good at. Like, and I'm going to pick on Settler's katana. I'm really good. If it is in the water, and the naval, and I am just, don't even play me if you're going to have to play me against the water routes. I figure out ways to just shut you off early on. But, you know, this game, you could actually have someone who's really good from a tactical point of making large amounts of points through farming. Another person who can see roads really well. It builds into itself. Plus, it has figurines and meeples. Who doesn't love a meeple, right? If you, now, everybody's going to go back and say, like, oh, I'm talking about meeples. But it's its a figure that you can use it, a tower, a catapult. I mean, to keep going for a while. I could talk about this game forever almost, it seems. Um but I feel like I've been too quick in some of it. It is a super, super fun game. And if you're tired of those games that, you know, you're sitting there going, okay, we're going to X to Y, and you want a new game that's going to be different every single time, kind of, I said Scrabble early on, that the appeal to Scrabble or chess is that you have the same board, you have the same pieces, and you play, or checkers. But same thing with, you know, Carcassum. Um I would really put this game in the top ten games you should own if you're building your own game kind of uh, collection or you know things that your game friends play or friends that come over maybe once every other week and play and you have dinner or something. Um, definitely play this at the next game con if you have not played it. Definitely, definitely play and go visit the city. If you get a chance, you got a friend, you can say, you can actually I I'm going to actually take the game and I'm going to play the game in the city. And I'm hoping somebody notices and goes, "Oh," because I'm not going to even try my French accent. That's just rude. Last little bit talked about historical games. Now I know on the video game side, I, the history is different, but in each one of the games we talked about, you can still ride rail all over the world. You can still do Ticket to Ride. You can actually do your own. You can play Ticket to Ride while you're riding the. Rail. You have to play all three of these games when you're riding, especially an Amtrak. They have the great big. Train tables I've seen. Takedo it is a place you could visit. It is has a historical significance of economic, art, culture, and the and then just think about a a siege, a fortress, siege place, a fortress that has been occupied by multiple. Think about like I said, walking around London, how many people walked over the space. Just think of standing in that city. How many cultures? How many footprints? You may be sharing with someone else. Each of these games brings them out. Each of them has its own artistic level and beauty. And that is the fun of board games. And I really, really enjoyed this. And I apologize it took so long, but man, this pandemic got me down. And then I had to say goodbye to one of our dogs. And that was really sad for me and tough for me. And you know, this is the the dog that would lay on my feet when I play board games. And I wanted to talk about her just for a second. Definitely adopt dogs. If you get a chance, definitely buy these games. If you have a friend or play them at your next con, when we come out of this pandemic, I cannot wait to see people at board game cons. I don't care if you're wearing a mask or we're not wearing a mask. I want to play some games with folks. I love my family. I and mean, my friends are starting to get, you know, we've all been vaccinated. We're starting to play games together. Again, the, each one of these is a worthy game to have in your collection. All right. With that, the next topic will be a little more light and a little more fun and not all my reading history and trying to butcher the poor people's names all across Japan and Europe. So please play some of these board games. Please invite your friends over as they get vaccinated to play those games. I'm not going to stand on the vaccine. I just want people to be safe. I don't want people to get sick. Definitely start playing some board games again. Um, And again, some of these games you can just carry around in your bag and just sit down at a table, go and play it. Summer's coming as long as it's not like a windy day. All right. Talk to you soon.